Hello, and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things. The podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and learn a little bit more about how they came to be. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you for joining me today. Let's get things rolling. So, first off, I was a child of the 90s. And as such, I'm mostly convinced that I grew up in the golden age of chapstick and lip balms. There were insane flavors, most of which had to do with candies and fruits, and all of which left your lips slightly glittery. Now, I myself didn't fully buy into the whole chapstick thing. It just wasn't my MO to have chapstick, much to the disappointment of many a friend and sometimes my own chagrin, because sometimes turned out I didn't need it. But, I mean, can we just take a moment here and pause? How does one safely borrow chapstick? I think I was the only one who was worried about this in middle school, because it seemed to be something of, like, a rite of passage among girlfriends. But I digress. I didn't buy into the whole chapstick thing mostly because I had heard the rumors. I had heard the rumor that if you used chapstick all the time, it got your lips addicted to the stuff. And since I wasn't aware of any Chapped Lips Anonymous chapters, and I had no allowance, I stayed away from the stuff, for the most part. There were a few exceptions. One of which was Lip Smacker's Watermelon Lip Balm. Oh yeah, that stuff was delicious. That's what I said, delicious. And I know that's not the right, like, adjective. That's not what it was made for, eating. But I'll be honest, Watermelon Lip Balm made for a satisfactory substitute when snacks were in short supply. And it left my lips a lovely, slightly dead-looking, sparkling pink gray. In the end, my hair was what broke us up, my Watermelon Lip Balm and I, and the wind... I played soccer and usually had my hair up in a ponytail, but it was long, I would swing around and smack myself in the face sometimes, and when that happened, or when the wind blew, or when I turned my head too quickly to look away from a math problem in class, my hair stuck to my lips, and I just couldn't handle that. In the end, the beard lips did us in. I couldn't take it. But many others could. They persevered with their beautifully shiny lips, and I continued on with my dehydrated, chapped, perfectly functional pair. And still... I'm grateful for chapstick and lip balm. But how did all of this start? Humankind is nothing if not resourceful. And chapped. Turns out that we have had chapped lips for thousands of years, and our ancestors weren't just going to take it. Before the invention of the chapstick itself, people had been using beeswax, animal fat, nut butters, and natural oils for years. Some even used earwax. Which, like, I'm grateful we stopped that, because that's nasty. Some 40 years before chapstick was officially invented in the U.S., in her book, The American Frugal Housewife, Lydia Maria Child suggested that, though she knew that some might laugh at the solution, she knew earwax to be effective in helping chapped lips. She wrote that, Those who are troubled with cracked lips have found this remedy successful when others have failed. It's one of those sorts of cures which are very likely to be laughed at, but I know of its having produced very beneficial results. Child was an abolitionist, Native American and women's rights activist, journalist, and novelist. You might know some of her works from her poem, Over the River and Through the Woods. She also wrote and printed the first anti-slavery work in America in book form. While an advocate of women's rights, she believed that women would achieve more by working alongside men as equals. She also, through her writing and editorial skills, and as a member of the executive committee of the American Anti-Slavery Society, She helped the National Anti-Slavery Standard become one of the most popular abolitionist newspapers in the U.S. She wrote pamphlets appealing for Native American rights. She was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame in 2007. Um, she's a boss. 
But anyhow, I should probably get back to lip balm and chapstick. Lip balm, in the form we know well today, began to percolate in the minds of adventurous and inventive people in the 1870s when Robert Chesbra filed a patent for Vaseline. A few years later, in the early 1880s, Dr. C. D. Fleet from Lynchburg, Virginia, invented chapstick. Fleet's chapstick originally looked like small candles wrapped in tinfoil, which did not, in fact, help sales. They weren't very popular. There wasn't an easy way to apply it, and I imagine rubbing what looked like a candle on your lips might not have been really appealing. Fleet didn't have a lot of success selling his version of chapstick, so he eventually sold the patent to John Morton in 1912 for $5. But don't worry about Fleet, he was also the inventor of the laxative, and he did put his name on that one, so you may have heard of him. Morton and his wife worked on the new product together. Mrs. Morton would melt and mix the ingredients in her kitchen. She had the idea to pour the pink mixture into brass tubes. They were successful, and the Morton Manufacturing Company was born from the sales of the chapstick. In 1963, the A.H. Robbins Company bought the rights to chapstick. Up until then, only one flavor was offered. Over the next few years, in 1971, four more flavors were created. Later, sunblock was added in 1981, and in 1985, petroleum chapstick was added to the lineup. Currently, Wyeth Corporation is the manufacturer of chapstick. Now, if you were feeling curious about Carmex, I've got you covered there too. In 1936, Alfred Wolbing was looking for a solution for cold sores, suffering from them himself. Wolbing founded Karma Lab Incorporated. He eventually found the solution and named the product Carmex. Karma for his company, and X, because it was a popular suffix at the time. So, why take the time to be grateful for chapstick? Well, on the one hand, I mean, it takes care of that lip problem. On the other hand, I mean, have you ever tasted earwax? It's nasty. If Dumbledore didn't like it, our odds are not so great. That, and the fact that Americans spend an estimated cool $200 million on it every year. For Mr. Fleet. Well, I don't know about you, but I am grateful that I don't have to rely on earwax, though it's good to know that in times of crisis that can be a last resort. But I am grateful for a chapstick, and hopefully this brightens your day a little bit. Hope you have a good one. Thanks for listening.